Coast to Coast Combat Hour coming at you on the final week of June. Hot as balls all over the country. Ed Carbohall, as always, here with Matt Hawkins. Returning uh, on the podcast is uh, Bloody Elbows uh, satirist, cartoonist. I don't know what you call yourself, Chris. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Chris <I go> Reamy. <laughs> How are you, folks? Thanks for having me on again. It's good to be here. Doing well, Chris. Yeah, so so uh, we had you on uh, about a year ago. Give or take a little, little less, yeah, a little I, less I, than a year. Yeah. Um, when you uh, when you had your first book, the the Fine Art of Violence, uh, Volume One, mm-hmm. uh, you've just released uh, within the last six weeks, give or take again. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, just almost exactly a month ago. Yeah, yeah, your your second uh, volume of that. Um, when you talked about the first one, everything was going really well. Obviously, that did go well, uh, which mm-hmm. led to this one. Any changes or was it, uh, I, I haven't seen the second edition, so I, I can't speak directly on it, but I'm just curious. Is it basically the same, uh, same vibe and everything from, from the first edition? Uh, the concept is the same, but the execution is far, uh, more elaborate. Uh, I got a copy right here. As you can see, there's a lot more names on the, on the cover these days. Um, I didn't want it to just be uh, like, look at me, look at what I do. Um, you know, uh, my name is going to be associated with putting it out, but I want it to be a showcase for like, you know, great people who are a part of this uh, community. So I have three artists and seven writers this time, uh, myself and Edward Cow, who is uh, kind of renowned for um, if you're familiar with Sean Alshadi's uh, long form pieces that he mm-hmm. does, like the night we faced Aldo, Bisping, uh, Anderson Silva, Edward Cow's uh, illustrations accompany all of those pieces. So I was really thrilled about the idea of uh, having him be part of it. And uh, another guy named Adam Nelson, who on Instagram and Twitter goes by Gorilla the Bear. Mm-hmm. He does very uh, comic book style work, but just super fun and dynamic and a just like killer work. So I, you know, Adam and I have kind of chatted back and forth over the years and, and I didn't really know Ed, but he, he actually bought volume one and he was like, Hey man, you know, I'd love to be part of this one day. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I, I, you know, I didn't know he had that kind of respect. So I reached out to him and they both just did amazing work. They're, they're great illustrators. And then I have essays by Sean Alshadi, Schwan Humes, Julie Kedzie, Chuck Mindenhall, Fernanda Prates, Eugene S. Robinson, and the returning Josh Rosenblatt. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Look at that. Br- just brought it up on the screen here for folks that uh, that uh, don't watch the uh, video version of the of the podcast. But um, just so you can see, the, this is from uh, Chris's website where you can buy the book. I mean, obviously, it's out of stock, sold out right away. But, Sorry. but the digital version is still available. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. Um, uh, one of the things, I mean, obviously, my apologies, first of all, for reaching out to you so late after oh, the right. release. But oh, you were right. you were a busy man when this thing came out. And um, <laughs> I think you're like my ninth podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so because the first time it was kind of like out of the blue. And this time it's like people yeah. wanted more. Like you said, you collaborated, you got writers. So, I mean, did yeah. it just come out of the 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 fire of the first one? Like you said, the, you just told us the story with Ed. Um, so oh, w- I have always wanted this to be an annual thing. Uh, mm. the, the goal has been like the, the real sh- terror was when you do the first one and you're like, is this going to resonate with people? And the response was strong. You know, it sold out 
I did a small print run and then a bunch of people were like, I want it. I get, do it again, print another one, you know? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was like taking the, you know, that company Supreme, they yeah. like, um, I, uh, like an enforced, an artificial scarcity to their work, yeah. you know? And uh, I was like, I'm going to adopt that kind of, kind of take, you know, I, I, you can't be a small fry, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I am in the, in this business and just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll print on demand. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you. It's like, you have to know who you are. And like, I, I'm, I'm a boutique, you know, I'm not, um, whatever you know so so you gotta like build a little bit of anticipation and excitement and i did the first book and it's a good book it looks it looks beautiful the the writing is fantastic josh rosenblatt did 10 essays the guy is like a lifesaver and because i thought i was gonna write it myself and he's like you and i was like hey you want to edit it for me and then he's like you you want me to write this thing for you i was like yeah please i'll tell you all so i would give him um are like an art historical context behind the ideas of why I chose a certain pose or did it in a certain style. And then he would have to like go to Wikipedia and learn about art history before he could write it. Mm. And then uh, when the book was done, I sent copies of it to all the people featured in the, in the volume two. And I was like, this is what I do. This is what the next one's going to be. Would you like to be a part of this? And they all said, yes. And I was just so thrilled. I was so, so I feel like, I feel like a real uh, member of the MMA media, you know, like I crossed a mm-hmm. certain threshold. It's one thing when you like you publish your work and you do your thing. It's another thing when people like, yeah, I'll work with you, you know? That's yeah. Or especially if you have people that want to work with you, like you told the story with Ed. I mean, I mean, it just looks like there's so many other, I mean, I'm used to your artwork. I've been seeing it on my, on my social feed for years and the stuff you do at, over at bloody elbow, but now we're getting to see some of these other people that, that just that you collaborated with. Um, this piece, I feel like I've seen somewhere before. This oh yeah, this yeah. Adam Adam promotes his work very well. He's got a pretty strong Instagram following. Mm-hmm. You know, probably five figures at least. Uh, I even saw, you know, like he, he one of his, uh, I think two of his images uh, got licensed by Reebok. Oh wow! Uh, a couple of years ago, I think they did a Khabib shirt and a and a Nate Diaz shirt. They did like a limited run of his stuff. Um, yeah, I remember he and I were chatting about you know, how to, how to be an artist and sign a contract and things like that. I, I gave him the best advice I could, you know? Um, yeah. And then, you know, Edward, man, it was just such a joy chatting with him and getting to know him because we're, uh, we're just, you know, cut from the same cloth. So I have a question about the essays on, on yeah. this. I mean, with all the, I mean, you got Julie Kedzie on here and Chuck Mindenhall. I mean, yeah. like, said, <laughs> like, how did you, uh, how did you uh i mean working with guys like especially chuck i know he likes to write really long pieces mm-hmm. so did he come i mean you guys know each other from from obviously we're yeah. kind of in the same area yeah so did he come to you first or like what 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 is no what, i call i cold called everyone oh okay <laughs> so yeah. but what, what what was the request like like are they just writing about the artwork or what they see in the space like like what is the gist of their essays um it, it was a little different for everybody and for for everyone, honestly, I had uh, I had fully formed ideas for some people, and far less fully formed ideas for other people. I was just more a fan of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Chuck actually really helped me with Sean Alshadi 
because he's like, oh, he's a total Dustin Poirier mark. I was like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> so I'll pitch him Dustin Poirier. And then I, I spoke with Edward Cow because they had worked with um, Sean so much. I was like, oh, I want, I want you guys to be together again. I want mm-hmm. you guys to, you know, I want to see Sean, your artwork with Sean's words. So that was kind of cool. And I think that sending Sean the artwork really helped him get over the hump um with uh with chuck i think uh i think i had i had like one or two ideas and and i was like you know i want to do this thing the tragedy of jose alto like i have mm-hmm. the, the the piece that i did of him let me see if i could put it on the on the thing on the screen while i chat with you guys about this you know th- there's a moment where he's just like on his knees just like Oh yeah. You know, just like sitting in a puddle of his own blood. Yeah. And he's really you can imagine him contemplating that was it. That was probably my last title shot. That was probably the last chance I had to get that title. And thinking about what it is to be like one of the greats and to kind of like, you know, just you're like, ah, you're just not able to to cross that threshold that again and uh chuck loved that idea he's like oh I lo- he loves tragedy he's like yeah he's an aldo guy and he's like he likes these really uh um i don't know the tragedy of humanity i guess mm-hmm. and so that resonated with him uh friend oh fernanda Pratis, she wrote an essay about esther lynn mm. that was uh you know esther lynn retired from the journalism side of MMA photography. Mm-hmm. And I had listened to Fernanda interview her and I thought it was just a fantastic interview, um, you know, by two really, you know, Titans of the, the yeah. media space. And I was like, I just went straight to her. I was like, I love what you did with her. I want to honor her. Would you write the essay? And she oh, was nice. Like, Hell yeah. You know, that was easy. Yeah. Um, That's great. Know, yeah. A uh, Julie Kedzie was actually, I had a really fully formed idea for her um where basically you know uh, there's this there's this uh thing that you may have you may hear from time to time fighters say that like journalists can't talk about fighters you know Mm -hmm. like you don't get in there you don't have the right to give your opinion on this and i was like you know what julie you fought you can write you have the right to talk about this and i was Mm -hmm. like you want to talk about yoana versus uh Wiley Chang, you know, best fight of the year, unquestionably, just an amazing thing that happened. And you wanna and probably I I was a little vague, you mm-hmm. know. Uh my enthusiasm was there. And I, I probably we had to have a couple chats on the phone just kind of to keep the momentum going. But it was great. It was great. And I mean her 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 essay is absolutely fantastic. I got the book reviewed in one non-MMA media space. Mm. And it's this uh this guy in Europe who does like a cultural newsletter, uh, he the, the praise that he had for her writing was like, oh, I it just just like the, the cherry on top of my uh, this whole thing. Well, I applaud you for everything, including the the humbleness and and everything and being involved and in, you know calling yourself a small fry. I mean, you, you've now published two books uh, that are are being picked up pretty widely in the MMA world. And now, like, as you mentioned, outside of it, um, you, you mentioned when you were talked about the first book, how there was the nerves and the getting over the, just got to do it, you know, mm-hmm. you can't worry about criticism and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, and, and then now, you, you know, the second volume, all these people you brought in kind of, you know, not under your wing, but you brought into the, to the book. Um, it sounds like everything went really smooth. Were there any, 
worries or concerns or any roadblocks getting this one out? Or did this one come out easier than the first one for you? No, this one was way harder. <laughs> it was way harder. Um, the artists were fantastic. The artists were just like bang, 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 bang. And um, a couple of the writers were like, yep, tell me when you want it, how long it has to be, bang, bang, bang. And some people were just like, some people's computers died. Some mm. people had like personal issues. Been there. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God, I need this. I love you, but I need this. Yeah. You know, some people's work needed no editing. Some people's work needed like a meat cleaver. Mm. Uh, yeah. But the end result is everything is fantastic. The end result is great. And that's all I, I judge people on. Um, the probably one of the most brutal was, uh, you know, my most of my work is in its real life work. It's not digital. So, you know, yeah, I have to get a photographer to come here and take the pictures of everything. It's the only way you're going to get like consistent good work uh, that can that the, my graphic designer will accept. Mm. And he's like, "Hey, buddy, this stuff ain't right. The resolution's <laughs> not good." And I was like, "Oh, you're kidding me!" And yeah, know, the photographer is somebody I've known for years. We've worked together for years, so I have no problem calling her up and be like, "Hey, you got to come out. This guy's telling me this is not right." And she, you know, she went through her files. She's like, "I don't know what happened. They saved too small." I'll come out and do it. But what do you do when somebody's like, all right, hey, I just your your production schedule just got knocked back by two weeks. Mm. And not only that, like you can't even you can't do anything. You can't give your graphic designer anything. They have nothing to work with. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> and so, also working with forgive me. That's all right. Working with nine people or or twelve, you know, if you count like the photographer, the graphic yeah. designer, the printer, you know, all, all those people, you have to. Everybody speaks a different way. Everybody communicates a different way. Everybody's got a different work style. I put my foot in my mouth a bunch of times. I like mm. stuttered and stumbled a bunch of times because you're like, I don't know, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know you. <laughs> I know you from Twitter. Yeah, no, <laughs> I I hear that, man. I mean, oh, especially, man. and then you're talking about too. You have writers, and then you have visual artists like yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I, as someone that's, uh, I mean, I used to be more artsy when I was a teenager, or whatever, and now I kind of fell into writing. And I don't even consider myself that great a writer to mm-hmm. begin with. But I do know that when you, when you, when you're talking with the, as far as creators go and content creators, um, you know, everyone's got their own language and and tempos and the ways they work. So. I mean, when you when you bring the writers and the artists together like that, there's there's going to be some you know shuffling of the of the cards that that and they don't come back in the deck all the way you want them to. Um, really quick, because I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast, this is brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out AllAccessMMA for your MMA news. Um, speaking of MMA news, uh, listen, you're we've talked about inspiration and we just featured some of your you know we keep uh, bringing up some of your artwork from the last time mm-hmm. you were on on screen here. But uh, I mean, current events have you yeah. uh, not short of ammunition for a new artwork. So thank God, thank God, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, Phew. you know, I was like a little sad that I wasn't on the schedule for uh, for the next day for Tuesday. I was like, I gotta wait till Wednesday. But I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh man, I feel so bad for Francis and Ganu. What is just like a what a trash fire. This, yeah, uh, this this whole this whole run has been for him. I'm sorry. Ever since, I don't know, ever since losing the Stipe fight, mm. no, nothing's been easy for that guy. I, yeah. I feel for him. I feel like the promotion was just like, 
fuck him. You know, good, fuck him. You know, they gave him the old Matt Sarah, you know. (laughs) And then, you know, he comes back. He does his thing. He was, he went three fights in a row, I think. And then sit on the sidelines while other people hash out their career, you know. Mm. And then, you know, have like the performance of a lifetime against Stipe. I I still think that's one of the best performances I've ever seen in terms of personal growth and improvement. One of the, the tiredest, tiredest things in MMA is the phrase six months of sprawl training. (laughs) <laughs> and this dude did it. This yeah. dude did what people for a decade have been like claiming is possible. Mm-hmm. And you know, what do we get now? Just a fucking trash fire. <laughs> I right. here, wait, what I'm what I'm wanna call the uh the fight between uh Lewis and uh Gan is it's the heavyweight final W A I T. Like just, just hold yeah. on, guys. <laughs> it's the, sure heavy, the heavyweight on a second, folks. We gotta <laughs> Yeah, it sure is, man. I mean, listen, I, I've seen you I've seen you do work. I mean, we, we were when we were at the garden for the Bell Tour thing, I remember watching you sit on the same we were I think we were in the same row. You were you yeah. impressed row with me and you had all your stuff laid out and watching you churn out artwork. I could only imagine with the news when this news like this pops off. Mm-hmm. And and you you have to break out your your artwork because yeah. of everything you know the frustration that you feel and everything that you see. I mean, I, I did see the one thing you did with the Dana White, like with the figure, and and it was kind of like a meme where he was like, you know, yeah. something about uh, ESPN schedule yeah. or something like that. It's uh, you know, I'm learning that uh, how old I am <laughs> because things that I'm like, oh, this is funny and 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 resonant, and people are like, I don't know if people are old enough to get this meme. I'm like, oh my god, no. So it's uh. <laughs> It's the, you know, that Drew Carey show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. The, his catchphrase was, you know, welcome to the show where the points don't matter and everything is made up. And I was like, oh, great. Welcome to the UFC where the titles are made up. And the only thing that matters is the ESPN schedule. Yeah. And I, mm. I mean, unfortunately, the joke still lands. But like the pose <laughs> and the meme and the, and the layout of it, I was like, oh, God, I guess I'm. I guess I still live in 2008, you know? <laughs> so I was joking with uh, Anton Tabueno, one of my editors at Bloody Elbow. I was like, I'm going to have to start like learning some new memes, like uh, Lil Nas X. He's hip, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what the UFC is doing. Um, it makes no sense. Uh, he became, Nagano became must-see TV. Um, uh, you know, as somebody who goes to a ton of events, uh, I saw him, I was there when flew or flew to phoenix to watch him knock out kane oh uh, you really? know the, the first crowd you know i would have i would have been at the first event that in the united states that he he was headlining if, if he was mm-hmm. there so i don't know i i you know and like as you said he, he improved and did what his critics held against him for for those first couple years and yep. um you know it, it it's we you know when he beat stipe my opinion and some of the opinion around me was, well, UFC's finally got their Mike Tyson. You know, yeah. we had we had Tank Abbott for a small period a right. long, long time ago. Right. But now you've got your legitimate Mike Tyson. And now it just makes me wonder if if Dana White had been Tyson's manager in the 80s, 90s, we would have saw Tyson fight three fights. You yeah. know, and, and um, exactly. And then you combine that with what he did to, with Sean O'Malley's situation, where he's obviously Dana White's boy or his team yeah. player and yeah. he gets to basically pick his opponent uh and 
very well might get a title shot off of beating a a, a new signed guy. I mean, it wouldn't surprise. Me? I mean, I'm just guessing at that. Oh my God. Cer- certainly, that wouldn't <laughs> shock anybody. He'll at least get a number one contender fight. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, it's just wild. But I, I I was getting a crack up out of it, and I didn't catch the Drew Carey thing, although I did used to watch that TV show <laughs> over and over again. But uh, I thought about putting those glasses on Dana. I was like, ooh, maybe that'll be that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. There's a that's a little ghost behind him. That's uh, I did see that. Yeah. That, that's Hunter Campbell. <laughs> oh, let me bring it back up so folks that watch the video version, right there. Oh, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you look up Hunter Campbell's, uh, that's based on his LinkedIn photo. Oh wow, wow! And now how that long, how long? I mean, because you put this out relatively soon with all that news. So like, yeah, this came out this nine nine a.m. today. Oh, but so how? But for as far as I know, like you had to submit it to them for publishing or whatever. But like when you pen to paper to start a piece like this when you get the inspiration from the news like what's the, what's the turnover for you my goal is two hours okay i want to i want to make something in two hours i get a and that's just like an arbitrary number i came up with myself when i got this job you mm-hmm. know i was like and and it's weird because when i started i was just doing like post-it notes you know with pencil and now i have mm-hmm. like you know a digital setup to do all this stuff so it is a little weird you can with digital you know you can you can just work something to death mm-hmm. and i always have to remember like man that ain't my thing that's not what i'm good at and that's not what i'm known for that's not that's not even where i get my best traction it's like mm-hmm. it's a fucking joke you know it's got to land and it's got to be mm-hmm. silly and it's got to be a little bit true and a little bit absurd that's the two that's the that's always been my guiding light you know mm-hmm. and i there's a lot of political cartoonists who i really admire their work but I've decided that like I'm an artist. I publish a book. I put my artwork in there. When I make my satirical cartoons, I'm not, I'm not like I'm here to I'm I'm it's about sending a message. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not about like making a great work of art. Is well, I mean, I imagine Nganu might have been a part of it. Uh, I asked you in the past what fight you were looking forward to. And at that time, it was Adesanya and um, and and Costa. Uh, is there a fight? Oh. Is there a fight in the future now that you're looking that's made that you're looking forward to to doing a drawing of for for maybe your next book or at least oh, I'm, to I'm hyped for um, the rematch between Jan and Sterling. I feel like you know Jan was going to take that mm-hmm. you know, in the later <clears throat> rounds, and I wonder. I, I'm I'm actually genuinely thrilled to to see how sterling and his team processed that reality check that they got he got like a second chance at life yeah. um i don't know that he can do anything about it because jan's takedowns and wrestling and trips were just stunning that was just absolute beauty you know uh that, I, i've been i've been drawing that well forgive me that's a motorcycle on the other side of this window but I, i've been <laughs> i've been uh i I'm stunned by 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 Jan's uh, you know uh, trips and and throws and whatnot like that. That that was just killer. Just so yeah, killer. especially in that, that that particular fight between them two. I mean, you saw that 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 was. Uh, I mean, even Sterling had no answers for any of those those quick trips and and you know removing his steps where he wanted to plant his feet and stuff like that. I mean, that's just lifelong mastery of of uh, you know judo or whatever it is that he trained in. Where, where he was able to mess up his balance like that. But, um, mm-hmm. 
you know it's fun uh you're when you're talking about um producing content and like when i asked you about the time limit and stuff like that it's funny that you're you're talking about uh you know like like how you can you can you can be really your your own worst critic critic about quality but sometimes as as I sit here in the dark, looking like I'm in the unfriended horror film, <laughs> because I'm, I can't be in my regular room. But I'm the same way. Like when it comes to video and audio content, like I want some things to be right. I know this is for an audio podcast, and so that'll be clear. I'm not too happy with the way I look right now, but I'd like that'll bother me for the rest of the week. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. I'm actually uh, my big goal for volume three, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm working on, is to live stream a lot of it. Um, the making of come July, I uh, booked a consultant to help me learn how to set up a Twitch channel. And, uh, you know, basically I, I'm just trying to grow this, you know, the fine art of violence publication, you know, uh, I have, uh, I, I mean, not for nothing. You could save yourself a bunch of money. Setting up the channel is super easy. They actually have the steps right on there. Oh, I, um, I have the channel. It's more yeah. about, um, pairing my lap my my desktop with the ipad and mm. you know making my audio right i mean got you yeah yeah, yeah. it's all and and actually that's there, big on twitch too yeah 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 and i have a uh the, the person that actually it was a client who mm. commissioned some mma artwork and just in our interview you know where i like decide if i want to do work with this person or not the guy was super cool and i was like what do you do he's like i teach calculus or <laughs> something way over my head. I can't even remember. And he's like, and he teaches people how to create online learning platforms. Mm. I was like, Oh, I want to set up a Twitch thing. He's like, "Mm, I don't know anything about Twitch, but I know plenty about, you know, cameras and video and streaming. I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, will you help me then, sir? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So um, that's another, the reason it's, it's one thing, you know, making these books. Yeah. I have learned to accept what I'm not good at. Mm. And like, I, yeah, I'm sure I could learn to do certain things on my own. I am sure that is a waste of my freaking time. Cause mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time, you know? Uh, I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old and I'm the primary yeah. parent. You know, I have, I work for bloody elbow and then I publish a book on my own mm-hmm. and once a year, man, I am all about streamlining my life. And like, I'd rather learn the first time the right way from someone and then teach my like like just work on developing some sort of brain and muscle memory for like all right every day i set up my my camera i set up my mic i set up my my obs i set up this stuff and i am like ready to go you know because i have limited time i'm not like the kind of streamer who can be like well i'm on eight hours a day it's like i'm buying groceries and cooking dinner (laughs) picking kids up from camp you know and uh you know, doing other things that like you got to do to like be a person. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'll just learn the right way to do it. And then I will do it forever. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm old and mm-hmm. I like, I'm, I'm a busy guy too. I don't have kids and stuff, but you know, I mean, Matt knows I, I well, you know, I, I write for several outlets. Mm-hmm. I also have a day job mm-hmm. and I, tra- I train and teach jujitsu. Yeah. So, so I don't have a lot of time either. I mean, that's why, I mean, Shameless plug here. That's why I use StreamYard, yeah. which is what we're using for this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Affiliate link at the bottom of the YouTube channel for anyone that wants to help a brother out. But, yeah. but um, hey, let, yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm a white belt. 
And I know how hard you have to work for dummies like me. You know, we're eating up all your time asking you to do the same thing every week. Like, how do you do that bread cutter? <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, I, I hear you, but that's like, like I always search for, cause I tried doing the OBS thing and I tried self teaching and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm also cheap. I don't want to pay someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like, so if I can't, if I don't have the time to watch the YouTube videos and stuff to teach me how to do that stuff, mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, I, I always look for the next way to streamline thing. But I mean, that's, yeah. that just goes with, it's funny because we had a uh, Aoxys on here, Anthony, Tovan Anthony, mm -hmm. that does the, the rap uh, predictions and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's another creator and, and he and I go back and forth a lot about, you know, how do we make this easier so we can get to still, you know, do everything else we have to do on top of, you know create and stay on top of the game of where we want to create content for, especially in, in this space of combat sports. But yeah, yeah, it's wild how you gotta, I don't know. You, you can't, you can't get, you can't let yourself get old, you know, <laughs> and, da I mean, and by old, I mean dated, you know, you got to grow with the times you got to mm -hmm. adapt. And I'm definitely somebody who is, a slow, a slow adopter, you know, I'm a late adopter of technology and stuff like, dude, I, I, I got an iPad pro Apple pencil I'm doing digital artwork 40 years, 42 years old. <laughs> you know, I am new to this, the whole first book, pen and paper, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm like, I'll take my time, but I'll grow. That's the, that's the way I'll grow slowly. You, uh, your, your book's named uh, the the art of violence, and like uh, us being the, the combat hour, the fine art of fine violence. art, the fine yeah, art. But yeah. uh, the the violence was what, or the the yeah, yeah. you didn't you didn't uh, lock yourself into MMA. And as somebody who Ed mm. likes to call it just bleed fan, um, uh, okay, the idea of drawing some of the wackiness I've witnessed in person at BKFC events mm -hmm. uh, would would be something. I mean just the blood alone and all that chaos seems yeah. like it would be something for, for your type of art. Uh, do you watch that at all? Have you thought of, have you ever done anything for like Bellator? I know obviously that's MMA, but uh, everything I've seen pretty much is UFC based. Have you thought about maybe doing a chapter or something just on some other kind of, you know, the, the circus act that is some of these other events? Yes. I've, I've wanted to address that and I will in volume three, I'll give you guys a little heads up. One of the special contributors for Volume Three is the Gravaka Hitman. Oh man! Oh nice! Yep, yep. I am so thrilled, like, to work with him. You know, like, and I'll tell you already, like, the first book. You know, I, I had like a. Did I have a little bit of Bellator? I can't even remember. And then the second book, forget it. It was a pandemic. You got nothing but UFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Book three. I already got a bunch. I got some nice Bellator work. I have a bunch of one. I have some Ryzen. Actually, one of the best fights of the year, I Hamasaki. Um, oh God, I'm gonna like look it up right now because I can't remember exactly her name. I got it for you right here. Ready? It is. I would I would recommend anybody Hamasaki versus Asakura. Oh, Holy yeah. crap! Was that the 105 pound title? Mm -hmm. That was killer. And then Invicta had their uh, Phoenix tournament. I'm like, forget it. I got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but Kaposa, you know, the Grabaka Hitman. I was like, I want you to curate a chapter of my book just for the like the craziness that people don't see. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna figure out exactly what that means you know but yes i am 100 percent like this is about like 
I don't want to go too much circus sideshow because this book is very much. Uh, uh, I want to pay tribute to what happens in the cage. Mm-hmm. I want to pay tribute to, and that's why in my books, there's no cage, there's no ref, there's no audience. And there's no sponsors. I, I, in fact, I usually don't even like put the people's tattoos in there. It's about the human. It's very much a study of the human body mm-hmm. and the art of MMA. The like the things that are so unique to that sport that don't happen anywhere else. So I, I do want to keep it very. Um, even though the word is violence, it is very much like how can we treat these martial artists like give them their due for their performances and uh you know i feel like the industry and the promotions exploit them so much yeah you know i feel like watching ufc these days is like watching nascar you you have to squint to see the fighters yeah And, and and it's weird that you say that because it's it's like when you talk about uh if you look i mean back in the day i mean we're all gonna date ourselves now when you when you talked about like an underground rapper selling out but then you know then that's kind of what they're working to do because they want to, they want to be, you know, they want to make money like these guys that do in the big leads. And we're seeing that happen for the promotion, but we're not seeing it really happen for the fighters. Right. Exactly. And, and, and then the, 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 the sad part is, is like the promotional machine seems to, they're, they're almost getting it to, because it's all, it's, there was a time and metal metal, you can chime in any time you want on this, but there was a time when, when, MMA was niche and mm-hmm. it, you know you know the UFC was still the front runner but not everyone tuned into it. I was in a bar uh since we're recording on a Wednesday, you know, I was in a I, I went Taco Tuesday. I went late last night after after I worked out and I saw that there was a this was a bar that doesn't normally put it on. All the TVs had a replay on of mm-hmm. an old UFC event. So now we're at a point where it's it's like it's not our thing anymore. It's it's now it's the world. Now, yeah, it's the world's thing, and and you know you have you have twenty three year old you know know nothings that that are now covering and featuring and chiming in on the sport Damn that man. get a full platform for Dude, it. Dude, I got I got interviewed by Nick Baldwin. You know, I'm I'm literally old enough to be his dad. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: the truth is like. A person like me can only do make a book like this because mm-hmm. MMA is not a niche sport anymore. It's like, you know, I, I always think of it as like a tree, you know, and the, the, the roots of it are like the martial arts and the trunk is like the fighters themselves. And, you know, you know, once you get like big enough that you have these nice big branches, that's me up there, you know, like I need a lot of support. I need a lot of something else, to, you know, for somebody to be like, I'm going to make artistic drawings of, uh, you know, maybe a painting of Tortue of like these amazing things. And like, I wouldn't be doing this if it was still a niche sport. It, it yeah. just wouldn't even make sense. No, it wouldn't make sense, but you would have had a lot of content that, mm-hmm. that, that when it was that niche sport, there was a, there was so much more, uh, character uh and you talk about nascar so you you while you don't have the the advertisements you had guys you know you're not putting their names and stuff so you you know your drawings that but you still had the Iceman shorts you still had the flames on tito you still had oh yeah uh, you know they had way more character yeah so i mean it was just a ton of that so uh but yeah i mean i don't it's gotta grow so there's no 
way around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've mentioned that my thing with BK, I've been to two BKFC events in the last year. And while that's not the, the glory, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's sure. a totally different ball game. I still get that feeling of what it was right now. It's kind of like, uh, my, my time machine back to the Indian oh, reservation, like you know, that. um, the, the feeling now, while maybe in the Ganu fights different, a lot of MMA for me, I feel like I kind of know how the night's going to end up. Um, mm. Whereas there wasn't always the feeling in the early days. You that was that was the draw when you would show up at an old an Indian reservation and there would be a cage on the second base of a baseball field and oh, you didn't right, know what right. was going to happen. You you know you watched you know the old UFC days. I mean, I, I the guys who were around Tank Abbott in those early days, uh, they'll comment like we thought he was going to kill somebody. You know, right, that kind right. of thing. So whereas now, obviously, we've got it's been sanctioned. You actually have doctors. You have trusted doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing now that really sucks is the judges. Um, so maybe yeah. we'll, we'll avoid that. But, um, yeah. you know, and I'm not exactly sure where this is going. It just feels like it was it, for it had to come to this point. But yeah. um, there's always that nice feeling of the nostalgia and the and the what what it used to be like that built the base for what we have today. I actually really like the idea thinking of BKFC as like the, the way for the martial arts space to reclaim the flavor of early uh, MMA. I, I think that's a great way, a lens to look through and, and understand it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to marinate on that for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because no. I, I've told people that bash BKFC, like, you, you know, no offense, but you sound to me like the person in 1997 mm-hmm. telling me the UFC was garbage. I mean, we, it, it, there's a, there's, it all has to go through phases and yes, it's violent and it's not for everybody. And right. there's blood and this, but at the same token, I was sitting ringside when Chris Liebman got his leg snapped. I also was not very far away from a uh, Hill's arm dislocation a right. couple weeks ago. So right. And and, Oof, and, ha- yeah. and and we've talked to BKFC heavyweight champion um, Joey Beltron. We've had uh, mm-hmm. Sean Wheelock and Chris Light on the show, and they'll all jump in and basically admit that while it looks violent as hell, it's actually safer. Joey Beltron mm-hmm. mentioned that he used to be concussed for weeks after an MMA fight, and he really? has yet and he has yes yet to miss a Monday morning kids class mm-hmm. where he teaches MMA the fall two days after his BKFC fight. No kidding. So so it, it, while while it doesn't look that way, um, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a deceptive. And I try to remind people like, this is what I used to hear in 1996, 95. We heard this from other people. So while it's mm-hmm. not your cup of tea, bashing it like that and trying to bring it down is, is not necessarily good for any of these combat sports. Yeah. And as long as it's up and up, they're paying their guys. We don't have illegal mm-hmm this and that going on that we know of honestly (laughs) that was the one thing that made me uncomfortable about uh the bare knuckle when it started to bubble up it was like when i think the first couple events that we hear like oh somebody didn't get paid and be like oh man Mm -hmm. like that is the one thing that like Mm -hmm. you know that's the only that's that's the worst thing about the ufc is that they don't pay them enough now you don't even follow through you're basically entrenching the ufc Mm -hmm. as a dominant force if you can't follow through it needs competition it Mm -hmm. desperately like uh, if ever there was a a promotion that needed somebody else to keep them honest it's the ufc and they need this competition especially since they've gone public and our endeavor went public but you know everyone keeps saying it's just the ufc i mean that's, that's been their I guess that's their their only money maker right now or whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, everybody knows about it. It's familiar household household brand, if you will. But uh, the other thing too is, um, 
the um, because of their growth, the the things that the things that they used to do aren't going to get brushed away so easily like they were five ten years ago. Even today, before we we did this, I mean, as as I was working my day job, I saw two articles: one from Paige Van Zandt, one uh, based on an interview with Paige Van Zandt, one based on an interview with Chris Cyborg. How they both say leaving the UFC was the best thing they ever did, and how they're yeah. better off financially. Yeah. So, and then and all that tied in with the Ninganu stuff and going on in the news. It, it's uh, it could be like like uh, there's people that are against competition, but I, I've always funny. I, I mean, you know, I have go, I have a, a Bill Goldberg's book over here in my little library, and uh, mm-hmm. he talks about the WCW WWE thing, Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And he even said, you know. That was the best thing for the wrestling as a business as a whole. Yeah. Because there was more than one option out there. And um, I don't know. I just feel like uh, that's where we are with MMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, it's very rare that like uh, uh, some sort of creative force has like no impediments and somehow that makes them better. It's almost as though we des- we need to overcome something to be our best selves. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it like having the easiest path isn't, some magic recipe for success. It's actually through challenges that we become better. You need the, the big media has got to pick up on fights like McKee Pipple. It's simple uh, as that. Right, I mean, right, right. That, that, that fight's as good as any UFC fight we'll see in the next five years. Probably yeah, the best no. fight this, this quarter that we're I mean, going to. Talent on talent, mm, what yeah. it means for Bellator. It's going to be at the LA Forum. It's in a big media market. There's no reason that in a, in a real world where you mm-hmm. don't have the monopoly and you don't have the the, the the blacklisting or the the shadow banning almost of yeah. of certain organizations sure. um that that fight shouldn't be front and center sports center you know let's well, that for it comes week. down to the distinction that the ufc is in the business of promoting the ufc not the fighters you know so if the best fighters are fighting under the bellator banner then they're not they're not they're Bellator will never fighters. be the UFC, yeah. therefore the fighters can never be on the same level. Yeah. They're fight, you know, they're 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 sucking up all the air, and that's always been my take on the, mm. the max and the, the crazy number of events they do as well. Mm. Let me for for both of you guys. I mean, we only got a few minutes left here for for the podcast, but um, do you think do we, do we do we ever see the Ali Act expanded to MMA? I mean, are we, is it is it gonna are we going to get to see all these belts up for grabs by everybody uh, in our lifetime, or, or are we going to be in the old folks' home, uh, you know, not knowing what's going on when it, by the time it happens? A mm, little bit of A, a little bit of B. I, I <laughs> feel like, you know, MMA could go one of two ways. It could go the way of boxing, you know, in which it's, you know, every man for himself forever, which mm-hmm. is totally possible. Or it could be a little bit like baseball where baseball players in the early 20th century up and through the 50s and 60s had very little power over their own careers, regardless of how good they were. Uh, there was a great, yeah, I used to be a baseball kid, you know, so there's a guy named Ralph Kiner who was, you know, a you know, great slugger, you know, and I remember he hit like 50 home runs for the Pirates, you know, and God, I don't know, sometime in the, in the 50s, I think, or 60s. And, you know, when his contract was up, they offered him a new contract at a pay cut. He was like, but I hit 50 home runs. And he's like, ah, we came in last place, though. So we'll come in last place with you, come in last place without you, take the pay cut. And he had no power. And in the 70s, um, 
the players finally started to lobby for free agency and uh and this one guy whose name escapes me at the moment went to court and you know the free agency period uh you know gave us baseball as we know it today i try to tell myself that like maybe mma is like baseball in the 30s or the 40s and it's just going to take a certain amount of time before these changes happen i don't i i i, I kind of feel like something can happen because this is not the early 20th century in which everyone is siloed incommunicado with only like a handful of newspapers and radio programs. I think there's just too much information. There's too much knowledge. There's people like John Nash, you know, just like dissecting court documents. There's too much knowledge (laughs) for nothing to happen. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with that. I think it, unfortunately it probably goes more the boxing way just because I don't, I feel like the baseball analogy would be great, but, at least there you had some owners who were um, decent people. Not every team owner was a terrible person. So at least you could kind of break the ice, um, hmm. whether it was segregation or, or proper pay or anything like that. Whereas right. um, I, I know you're obviously not a Dana White fan. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm more neutral with him. I understand yeah, yeah. the business. I, I mean, as a former business owner, I kind of, I can kind of see a little bit of, uh, his side of the story on certain things. I feel like, the, but I don't defend him on the fighter pay and how he treats that side at all. I think that is yeah. complete rubbish. I, I think that um, for me, I, I think the only way MMA or the UFC really is what we're talking about gets over the hump is, is, is an owner. Who's a good guy, you know, a, a legitimate guy who has enough money that he can feel comfortable in his own skin and not be afraid to share the wealth. And, mm. and I, I think that that's gotta be more, more the realistic thing. And maybe that's never realistic. You know, I yeah. don't, I don't know, but I feel like if we did, I mean, we don't hear people complain about Scott Coker's pay. At least the fighters don't publicly do it. Right, the difference right. between the UFC and, and Feldman with BKFC and all these guys are, now Feldman did have an issue uh, with Tyler Goodjohn. Uh, okay. There was a payment issue that uh-huh. got cleared, and Goodjohn actually fought this last week. It got cleared apparently as soon as it became public light. Right. The other BKFC event that you're speaking of, I think it was called the World BKFC Championship right. or something. They definitely screwed over all their fighters, but mm-hmm. that one's went by the wayside. Yeah. I just feel like that you need a you need an owner, a Scott Coker per se, who's right. willing to kind of open up the books and 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 be honest with it and go even though we're not the NFL, we're not because Dana White can talk about the UFC being the biggest sport in the world. Mm. Listen, we, we, we're not stupid, right? Yep. We, we know we're like fifth, sixth, seventh place. If we're going to, if we're really going to start lining this stuff up, mm-hmm. um, but you, you need to have, he's got to be willing to open up the books, be willing to be go, Hey, we're not a league per se. We don't have different teams. We don't have different owners, but we're still going to share 40% of the revenue. That's mm. we're we're gonna be honest about it and do because I think the UFC for most reports is like nine to like thirteen percent of maybe revenue going to the fighters. Where in like the NBA and the NFL, I yeah, believe it's 50-50 split. Yeah, I know the New York Post had the numbers out at the end of last year, beginning of this year. I forget when that that article that came out that had broke down their numbers, but it's not a it's not a lot, and it's not. It was in the teens. I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure it was yeah. in the yes. teens. Teens, yeah, uh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, I think one, it it gets worse when you realize that certain things that the fighters are taxed on are things that they don't actually 
receive as tangible benefits. Did you know that like the the money that like you said they pay USADA, you know, like that's that's a fighter benefit and that's taxable income, even though they don't, they don't receive like so that you are paying taxes as a fighter on that guy who knocks on your door and asks you to pee in a cup. You know, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's your benefit. So, yeah, you know, I think the more this stuff becomes public, it's a little yeah. easier to feel uh, like, Hey, you know, I like this sport. I don't want to feel shitty for watching it. And that's, and that's at the end of the day, that's really where, where if any change is going to come and the fans really want to do, cause you have, it happens all the time. Everybody's on Twitter and they're, you know, with their pitchforks and saying, you know, you know, pointing their fingers at Dana White and the UFC and all these other people that do these bad things. Yeah. But then, like, July 10th, UFC 264 will be here and everybody's still going to yeah. fucking watch it. Yeah. So, you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, like, like then you, you everybody's a kind of a hypocrite at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, the real way that, that you can make your voice heard is, like, if you really don't like something – then just stop doing it. Like, like, remember when Netflix first raised their prices and everybody started canceling their subscription and Reed Hastings mm-hmm. had to not only send out an apology, but backtrack on raising that, that price, mm-hmm. you know, that because people st- started doing yeah. something about it. Mm-hmm. That that works everywhere. It doesn't just have to right. be Netflix. Well, a, oh. a lot of people are doing stuff about it, but we just really can't talk too much yeah. about that. <laughs> I, have a, I have one suggestion <laughs> about, like, the idea of having a good guy run you know the company uh if you uh can get your hands on a copy of the new yorker they did a profile on ariel um, on uh ari emmanuel yeah and uh, that's really a worthwhile read Uh, i think i did read that that was like in 2016 no 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 this is like a month ago oh okay a month ago yeah yeah ari emmanuel profile new yorker Um, actually when it came out i i emailed kid nate i was like i want to do an extra Mm. I want to do an extra cartoon this week just about this. And I was like, he's like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I got to look for that myself. Then if it's new, you said a New Yorker, right? New Yorker. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing uh, I have to say though, about the Matt's good guy comment. Um, really, really. I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but it's super rare in giant corporations for the good guy to be running it. You have to read. Um, I mean, there's two books. Uh, I forget the doctor's name that write it. Uh, Hare is his last name. I don't, uh, Robert Hare, Doctor Robert Hare, wrote a book called Snakes and Suits mm-hmm. that talks about how many corporate tycoons are just psychopaths. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and if you want the abridged, shorter version to read, uh, uh, John Ronson or Ron Johnson. I forget. I forget the. I always mess up that author's name. Yeah, yeah. But he's got a book called The Psychopath Test. It's funny because one reason I'm bringing them up is because oh, some Twitter conversation I got in. Somebody was saying something similar to what Matt said about the good guy, and I, and it's just like at this level in business, I mean, not every guy ain't gonna make it that far. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. That, but there's a lot of that is 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 built in while building the product. Like uh, if Dana White's attitude was like this at UFC 34, like okay, he just bought the company seven, eight months ago, nine months ago, a year and a half ago. Like he's going through the growing pains yeah. of trying to establish the company right now. There's right now, anybody really should be able to step into that role. Anybody with any kind of business sense and, and do, and do the job. It's to me, it, it can be like, it doesn't even, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the owners. I guess it does because it's their money, yeah. but, <laughs> but 
to me, like uh, sometimes a former fighter, somebody who's successful in life should be able to step in at least into the Dana White role. At mm-hmm. least somebody who can go well, in there and and talk to the upper people and go, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't feel like Dana White's going into Ari Emanuel and going, hey, we own Nganu two hundred fifty thousand more. Like we owe him two point five million. Like, that's what you need. It doesn't necessarily have to be the nicest guy on the planet. It just has to be somebody who can look at the books and go, dude, this guy is about ready to sell us 2 million pay-per-view. We want him to fight every four months. Mm -hmm. Why in the world are we going to piss him off and screw our brand? Sure, we can have Sean O'Malley fight. You know the the guy who runs the pet store down the street next week. But at the same, and no, and I don't mean to mock the dude he's fighting. I I hope he knocks Sean O'Malley on his ass. But (laughs) but um. But but they, there's got so it doesn't have to be a shrewd businessman who's the nicest guy because running a business isn't a nice thing for a lot of people. It's not it's it's hard work. Uh, yeah. But when you've established yourself to a what a, what do they argue, what do they call themselves a six billion dollar company right now? Yeah, something you know, like that. pump pump the brakes a little bit and show that you've look you know why not come out and go holy crap look what I've made let's spread a little of it out now. I mean mm-hmm. these guys and, and while while you know, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I, 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 in my world, everything's always on a teetering balance. You well, know, somebody, well, somebody well, dying in the cage, the UFC could, you know, there's always that right. thing. So I, I don't know. I, I think you get what I'm trying to say though. I do. You know, there's an interesting part of that. Um, Ari Emanuel piece is his desire to leave a legacy, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes you think like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you want to like, will you, what kind of legacy you're going to have if you leave a bunch of broken, poor people behind, mm-hmm. you know, like someone's not going to forget someone's yeah. not, you know, that's it. it, it it's like, you can do well for yourself, but if you want other people to think highly of you, you, you have to let them mm-hmm. praise you. That's like my grievance with like Dana White. Uh, like, everyone gets to take a shot at him because he's already busy praising himself. You know what I mean? Like with, with, with that paycheck, you know, like whatever, man, you, you don't get, you don't get the round of applause because you've already given it to yourself, you know, with your machine gun full of cocaine and heroin, your 35,000 katana sword, you know, your, you know, bulldozing mansions to make another mansion, you know, like you, pat yourself on the back then there will be fewer people available to do it for you mm-hmm. you know and if you can just live your life and do your thing people will come around but yeah well, what it. kind of what kind of legacy is Ari? i gotta read this because i mean what kind of legacy does he want to leave like whether it's a good or a bad legacy like if he's not uh confident in himself enough at this point to believe that he's already got a legacy I mean, what, what do you want to be the king of the planet? Well, I that's mean, the thing, like, you know, I yeah. mean, I, mean I don't know a ton about the guy, but he's in the business world. He's extremely successful. Like well, he's he going to acknowledges that simply making a lot of money doesn't quite do it well, to, in terms of legacies. You know, there's plenty mm-hmm. of people who've made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it, it's, it, it's a good article. I, I would recommend it just because uh, there's room for nuance, yeah. you know, and he's like, uh, I don't know, man, maybe you're doing, maybe you're in the wrong business for legacies, you know, maybe yeah. you want power, maybe you want money, maybe you want a thing, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look, I'm definitely going to look into it. They'll make for some nice reading for a while. You know, things are somewhat, I mean, 
just because there's no UFC doesn't mean there's not events going on. There's a CFFC, yeah. there's an LFA, like there's going to be stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So for folks that are crying about no UFC, like, you know, open up, <laughs> open up your eyeballs a little bit more. Yeah. But um, before we, uh, we uh, sign off here, um, Chris Reaney, chrisreaney.com. Uh, we, so the place where we can find the book, the fine art of violence volume yeah. two, right? Volume one and volume two are available as digital downloads. Uh, I hope to have volume three out. Volume one came out in September. Then volume two came out in like late May. I really would love to have this on a late March, early April annual schedule. So um, when I pump out volume three, mm-hmm. it w- I will also reprint volumes one and two. Nice. So there'll be uh, an option for people to get their copies. Then I'm a, uh, you know, I thank you for having me on. It was really nice chatting with you guys. It's been a long day. I don't know if where how yeah. it is by you, but it's like you know, over 90 degrees here all day. Yeah, I rode, no. I rode 10 miles in the sun with a hundred pounds of kids in my bike. Oh, and, wow. No, you know, yeah. I'm about to, once this call is over, I'm going to be a zombie. It's yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> as soon as I'm done with this naked and laying in the air conditioner, but um, yep. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, dropping the link for Chris's shop uh, to, to pick up all, all of his uh, artwork and stuff at the bottom of the YouTube channel here. And um, Matt, if you, if, if you would uh, do the honors and take us out, Yep, fans can follow us, uh, the, the podcast, at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMA Hawk on Twitter and Instagram. Check out Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, at Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Chris, again, thank you for joining us. I look uh, forward to the world getting back to normal again and getting – I said it last time. Once I get to New York, we can all get a drink. and uh, love it, man. I hope and, I see uh, you guys at an event. I hope I'm at Press Row again, you know. Uh, Unfortunately, the site I work for is banned from UFC events, but uh, <laughs> Middle Easy sponsored me last time. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would yeah. love to go be cage side again drawing. That was super yeah. fun. I loved it. We, we will, we'll, we'll definitely talk off off air about stuff like that later or, you know. Nice. You and I you and I are closer than Matt are, so we can get together sooner than Yeah, than looking that. forward but, uh, to that. But, um, yeah, and there, uh, one last shout-out. Um, Jeff Russo that I shouted out last week on the podcast. Congratulations on your black belt last night, brother. Well deserved. Long time, long time, uh, good time. And uh, maybe, maybe you're not so heavy as uh, as I thought. All right, <laughs> all right. Peace. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Thank you. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.